The Football Show on Off The Ball with Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to end it and I can't well, do it then. country again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Welcome along to the football show here on Off The Ball. We're going to be hearing from the Republic of Ireland under-21 boss Jim Crawford a little bit later this hour as they get ready for their two-leg playoff against Israel as they look to qualify for the European Championships. We'll be looking back on the Champions League over the last few nights and looking forward to this weekend's Premier League as well. Delighted to say I'm joined in studio by Republic of Ireland legend John Giles. John, how are you getting on? Good, Will. So far, so good anyway. It's lovely to have you here. I mean, so often it's over the phone when we have these conversations, but to have you in is great. I I was here a couple of months ago. But it was as the virus situation has stopped everything. I think I got on, I got in one week, but uh, I miss it. Are you enjoying travelling back across again? Because like, I always remember you talking about coming across in the boat and coming over to Dublin and seeing the family and all that. Like obviously over those two years, you were kind of restricted with being able to travel oh, over. Yeah, couldn't could, couldn't get over. Uh, well, so it's, it's, it has been a lot better in the last uh, say four to five months. A couple of snags now and again where the. the uh, luggage goes missing or something like that but uh, generally speaking now it has eased up so mm. it can get over because um, you see I have a daughter here and a son here with grandkids so my wife and I get over as much as we can but because of the virus you, you just couldn't do it it's probably not a bad weekend to be away from England in some ways, given that um, the craziness of the last week after the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. I was really looking forward to to you about Leeds against Manchester United, which should have been on this weekend. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, the game was lost in the shuffle of the games that are being off. About three or four games, I think. Will. Yeah, It's going to put so, some serious pressure to try and reschedule this, mm. isn't it? Yeah, the World Cup and everything. Well, it's, it's tight anyway, as we know, because you've got the World, World Cup coming up in around the December time, which is madness as well. Uh, but just have to get on with it you know mm. to be they had to fall but then again I suppose you can understand some of the big fixtures particularly the Chelsea Liverpool and Leeds Manchester United would have needed a big police presence I think a lot of them have been redeployed down to London for the weekend so yeah. it just wasn't workable but it's kind of unusual where some teams are now going to have two weekends off in a row and then an international break and yeah. you know, talking about the pressure of October and then there's yeah, three four weeks no game I mean they, they need every weekend now all the teams to get the fixtures before we come into the World Cup in, in uh, December it's 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 really really hectic, and it's not. I mean, you can say it's not fair on the players. I mean, they, they, you have to do your job and and all that. But it's uh, it's not it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, especially when there's not too many gaps left between now and the end of the season. Like we're <laughs> we're having a look at the schedule. One says, John, the Champions League final is the week after the end of the regular campaign in the Premier League. So that comes along pretty tight, and I'm sure some of the big English teams will hope we could get there. Just, yeah, and a week course, after yeah. the World Cup, they're back to the Premier League again. Yeah, yeah, this, this is the problem. Because people say, you know, oh, the money the players are earning, that's, that's no problem to it. But it doesn't matter how much money you're earning. You know, you don't get you don't get any fitter with the amount of money you're earning. And once these matches come one on top of the other, which they do, uh, it's 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 very, very, very severe on players for injuries, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be tough October as well. Most of the teams are playing nearly every three days. In some cases, like it's Thursday, Sunday for some of these teams, basically for the next month once they come yeah. back from the international break. So, yeah, it's not um, easy. So one of the teams that might benefit, I think, from a little bit of a break though, might be Liverpool because of the injuries that they had. And you were talking to Nathan last Thursday about the hammering that they'd taken in Naples against Napoli. Wasn't a great performance against Ajax during the week, but they squeaked out the result with that late Maddox goal to get yeah. a win. Yeah. It might be no bad thing that their two Premier League games were off and the Klopp now is a few weeks to try and get some players back. It is. But then it catches up on them later on. That's that's the problem, you know. Like you can get a respite now, but then later on it's, it's going to catch up somewhere along the way. But... I think when you're not going so well, and Liverpool not going as well as they were in in, in previous seasons, uh, it, it probably would be the best time to have a break, you know, at this particular time. But um, you never know, you know, like like Liverpool, uh, they've had a few injuries as we know, um, but uh, it's it's been an up and down season for them in relation to the previous seasons, you know, where they, they well they had most of the players fit at that particular time. But I, I, I think uh, I think what's happened to them with them not playing as well as, as they had, uh, when they were attacking last year, especially Alexander, for example, right? He was free to go where he wants to go. Too much from in my liking mm. uh, in, in, in doing it. But he still goes now when they're not playing well. 
Do you know what I mean? Most of the time when Liverpool were playing really well, they're attacking, attacking, attacking. So that's okay to go. But now they're not doing that. So he has to defend. And he and he just doesn't defend. I mean, going forward, he's brilliant. And you know, then there's more pressure now on the defenders. Even Van Dijk is not playing as well. as He's, he's probably under more pressure now than, than ever before. You know, they've lost it out in midfield as well. A little bit. Well, a good bit. I mean, Thiago's probably the best they've got. Yeah, I thought he was really good on Tuesday when he came yeah, back. He, he makes a big difference. He's the best of them, without being the best, mm. in my opinion. Because what what all teams need is 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 like for Liverpool, say a Graham Souness, who commands the middle of the field, demands the ball at the right time, yeah, and and then is able to guide it, guide him from back to front in that particular way. Because in football, you got to get from back to front. But in those time. You're going to knock it long. It's not going to work. So there has to be some intricate play and and, and uh, like they always call it, the old schemer in the middle of the field. They don't have anybody like Diego is the best they have at it, but he's not up there with Graham Souness and some of the great players that I've seen in in the past. But he's, he's the best they have in it. But he gets a few injuries as well. Yeah, when I think back to when he wasn't available and Fabinho wasn't there, you go back to pick the United game at Old Trafford when you looked at the way they were passed through that game oh, where yeah. Henderson and Milner had particular problems because you had two issues. Neither of them were really able to advance the play in the way they would have a few years ago. Milner particularly, just age yeah. seems to have finally caught yeah. up with him. And then that subtlety of pass wasn't there that you get no. with, say, Thiago being in midfield. No, he, he, he does it better than anybody else. But he doesn't do it as often as he should should be doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, talking, I'm going back a long time. Graham Sess was a great player. And he... When you get a great midfield player, they they can, they know when to do things. Like sometimes you have to slow it down. Sometimes you have to hit it, like you know. And that's somebody that's actually controlling the game. You know what I mean? They don't have anybody like that. Thiago doesn't do it. He does hits good passes now and again. But Henderson has never done it. Milner has never done it. They've been good workers in in in, in what they've done in the past. Uh, but it's different because again. You look at Liverpool, you say, has the morale gone? You know, like morale in football is very, very fragile. You know, I played in certain situations. Actually, when Brian Clough came to Leeds, for example, mm. we just won the league at that time. 44 days, we were finished. We, we, we'd nowhere near. We, we got to the European Cup final that year, but he was gone. We were gone. And we were a close-knit group. So I'm just saying that in the situation, maybe the Salah situation where he's got a, a big increase could, could be... A problem could be a problem because all the lads are playing with him. You know what I mean? And he's probably earning a lot more than him now. And it does happen in football. It does. It happens in life generally, but it does happen in football. Well, where the morale. I mean, it's very, very hard to describe morale. Like morale is really when everybody's pulling together for each other and all that. But any little thing, it's very, very, very fragile. You know, any little upset can stop that. And I'm only saying that it could be. Well, I'm, like Salah scored, he's a great player, scored the other night. But you just not, you never know in football. I think Salah badly needed that goal as well, John. Remember a few weeks ago against Bournemouth, they scored nine and Salah had no involvement in goals yeah. and he clipped one over the bar, which you would have put your life on him to score. Sometimes players go through a bad run of form like that too. Whatever about him earning more money. It can happen, you know. But the, the fact that there was a lot of, lot of controversy over his, over his uh, new contract, whether he was going to go, whether he got it, and he obviously got... I'd say most of what he wanted, right? But I think if he got more than more than more than most of what he wanted, it could be a lot more than the other players. You don't know, you know. It's, it's a very fragile situation. I'd say he's missing Sadio Mane as well. Like Mane was such an important oh, yeah. player for them over the last half decade now at this stage. And look, you can understand he wants to go and try his hand at Bayern Munich and go to another club, and maybe it's well, the last big deal it of his career. Might not be quite that uh, well, to be honest. He might be getting. He might be getting a bigger deal. Mm, I'd say he is. I'd say you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Like if Liverpool, I bet if, if Liverpool had had, had matched the, 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 his uh, new contract, I think he would have stayed. Most players would, but he wasn't getting it. He wasn't getting it, so he could get elsewhere. He's thirty, but they have a policy at Liverpool, as you know, when you get into your last year of your contract, they're not going to renew it. So they've made an exception of Salah. There's no doubt about that. But you never know what the other players... You don't know. It's just a possibility. I hope it's not, because he's been a great player for Liverpool and, and, and hopefully he'll continue to be a great player for them. I think while Liverpool fans, um, whatever worries they might have had, might have been eased a little bit when they saw... Do you see that moment where Salah went back and got into his own box to make an interception? He really burst himself to get back. Mm. 
they're the type of things if a player is disinterested or he feels he's got the deal and he doesn't have to put the work anymore doesn't do well, that's true I, I think Salah's yeah. still the type of player no, he's, I that. think he's been a great a great player I don't know him obviously don't mm. know him at all and I'd, I'd be surprised if the new contract does disrupt him in, in any way but it can happen that's all interesting that you mentioned you know, the whole kind of effectively a month under Brian Clough that the air goes out of your team with Leeds because yeah. I'd always thought you guys had such strong characters and were together for so long under Don Revy. Mm. It's amazing. I know like Brian had been a critic of your team before he arrived and mm. what an unusual marriage and there's been so much written and mm. talked about the actual, uh, you know, Brian Clough's very short tenure at Elland Road. Mm. But it's remarkable that team of characters who've won so much that actually your morale can drop that quickly as well. Shows how quickly football can change. Well, it, well, it, it, dep- well, it, it wouldn't have dropped so quickly if the manager coming in had behaved himself in the right way. Mm. Now, we were ready to go. And Brian, uh, Don Revy had gone. Like, and when you're in football, once the manager goes, we had a great relationship with Don Revy, but he was gone. Now, all we wanted was for somebody to come in to continue what we were doing. But, it, but it, 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 that didn't happen. Norman Hunter, you, 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 if you, uh, Eddie Gray, if you'd have been, horse you'd have been put down years ago. This, this type of, this is nonsense. Mm. And then he favoured a couple of players, like he favoured Alan Clark for example, he was putting him up there. That never happened under Don Reed. And Alan's the last person, to be honest, that you'd want to be praising. Mm. He had a, he's had a big head as it was. He was a great player and he was a great goal scorer. But that's the, that's what happens in the club. You know? Were you very aware of what Brian would have said? I presume you were, like very aware of what Brian would have said about Leeds on the telly and in interviews that he would have done before he took over. Yeah, we, well, we, we all hear that. Mm. You know, we all hear that. And, and you, you don't agree with it. I mean, he was talking a lot of nonsense. When he, when he, when he got on the telly and said, you won, you won the league, but you didn't win it in style and all this carry on. I mean, this, this is all nonsense. Yeah, but having said that, once he comes in as manager of us, what we want as players, as a group of players, is to get start winning things again. We only won the league that year. To continue doing that, that's all we wanted. We didn't want to love him. But he didn't want be, we didn't want him to be saying, get your medals and throw them in that bin over there. I mean, that's only human nature. That you, how, can you, how can you play for somebody like that? So within 44 days, this is one of the things that we were talking about a little earlier. But then we, we had a great uh, uh, togetherness in our team. For I was there for 12 years, for mm. 11 years. Really, really good. Dom was great and all that. Ready to go again next year. We had some disappointments, but ready to go again. Like Brian Clough came in from nowhere, right? And he's gone in 44 days. Like, we didn't sack him. Mm. I mean, it was just, it was just, I think he was, I think he was nervous, to be quite honest. I'm always, yeah, that's the thing, I'm always shocked that Clough didn't come in and try and reconcile things a little bit. Like, it's it's one thing saying things about you, but I would thought maybe a bit like Mourinho. Like, Mourinho said things about every team, then ends up managing Spurs, and ends up managing Manchester United. I've noticed he went in and would have relied on some of the big characters in the dressing room. But we were ready for that. Mm. If he'd have come in and said, listen, lads, I've said a few things in the past. We didn't get on very well, but we're together now and we've got to go. Because we wanted to win the league again. Of course, we probably did. want to win the European Cup with the team that you had. Well, funny enough, we got to the European yeah. Cup with Jimmy Arnfield. Mm. And that wasn't an easy task to do. But we got together for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that was the European Cup. But we'd, we'd blown, the, blown the league in the 44 days that Cluffy was there. But there's no doubt, we, we hoped when he came in and said, right, we've had our bad times together. We're not kids. You know, we all wanted to win. We all wanted to get together. And uh, Don had gone. That was tough. But you had to get on with it. But that wasn't the case. He come in and it's abuse. You know, this this was just stupid. I I think he was scared of the situation. Hmm. What if he just said to us, right, okay, we didn't get on. We would have gone. Okay, where we go. That was our living, you know. So what, it happens. In a way, it's one of the great what-ifs, though, John. If you had the Brian Clough, maybe, who came back and got his management team back together for Nottingham Forest in the late 70s, if that Brian Clough had taken over your Leeds team at the time he'd taken over Leeds... I don't think so. No? No. I think he was a certain type of character, Cloughy. I mean, he played for Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? He, was, he scored a lot of goals for Middlesbrough. He didn't play in the first division very much. But from what I gathered of the players that he played with, he wasn't very popular with them. Okay. Either. No, no. No, I don't think Cluffy could be popular with anybody. See, when he went into Notts Forest, there were a team down there, and he could say what he liked. In my opinion, he could say, look, you're rubbish. And then Probably the same with Derby. Like, you're taking over a team who are down the way. And yeah, and he can build them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if he goes into Derby and, and, and Notts Forest as well and said, look, 
you're a lot of rubbish you lads you know, you know quite a few of them could have been you might have agreed mean? yeah like, like he's coming into us we're all experienced players I mean I was what was I then 20 32 I think mm. at the time right and he's telling me I'm the Irishman you the Irishman you're another one goes over the ball I said so what you know like Norman Hunter you, all, all this kind of, this was just this was to put you down Mm. Right, so I think when he went into Derby and that, that was his, that was his, the way he worked, right? Put you down to build you up, you know? Because the way Cluffy worked, right? It was always him that won the league. Mm. You know, you see him talking afterwards. He never said Brian Clough's you know, Derby, not Derby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the way he was. Now he was a very successful manager. He went to Nottingham. He was very successful. Uh, he went to one of the third division and wasn't successful. He only lasted a few months. Before he went to Notts Forest, did a great job at Notts Forest. Mm. That, that was him. That's, that's management. You know, like if you look at all the great managers, there's, there's none of them alike. They all do it in their own way. I mean, even now, if you look at Klopp at Liverpool and 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 Pep, totally different characters. Tuchel is a different character. You know, Potter's come in. They're all different characters, and they have a way about them, though. You know, sometimes when you go into a club uh, like Cluffy did at, at Forest. They needed that type of approach and that. Like when he came into our club, you see, he, he, he was a one, one-way ticket. Like he came into us in the same way. Right, you effing lot. Get your medals and throw them in that bin over there. I mean, like we're, we were terrific players. See, I never get that. I never get why he did that at the first training session or the minute that he arrives. Yeah, well, well funny enough, uh, he signed his contract a week before and went back went on holidays oh, so he had a pre-arranged holiday I believe yeah. you know what I mean? so we're back at training now when you're a manager coming into a club you get back straight away yeah but that was Cluffy let them wait this was this this was his character you see now in some places like a lot of characters I mean uh, Klopp could go to some uh, teams now with his approach and not, and not do it it could happen you know there's certain Attitudes that, that managers have, and they don't change. And Cluffy never cha- would never change his character. Mm. I mean, it's not as far as he'd go and tell him they were rubbish and that. But he was brilliant at what he did, and at that particular stage, I mean, in my opinion, if he'd come into us and look, had our problems, said things I shouldn't have said in the past, but we're together now, now we'd have been fine. Yeah, you couldn't have said, "Don't want to piss off Billy Bremner, I don't want to piss off you or Norman or any of these kind of players for a long time." We're playing for him. Yeah. Now, do you know what I mean? And had been a very, very successful team and experienced team at that stage for, for a few years. He wasn't talking to kids where you could get your medals and throw them in that bin over there. You know, Eddie Grave, you'd have been a horse, you'd have been put down. Mm. Norman Hunter, you're a dirty so-and-so and you'd like to be liked. And you know, Couldn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just childish. and it was, it was never got off first base. I get the feeling you reveled in the fact that you weren't particularly liked either, John Woodleeds. Would that be fair to say? Like, he didn't well, care. Was, like, is in your way, Cluffy, this idea that I'd like to win the league, but I'd like to win it better, and you oh, should be loved. I don't think your group of players really cared, did you? Okay, who cares? Who's going to love you? Who's going to love you? Who's going to love any team? Like, do you think Manchester United supporters are going to love Liverpool when they come to Old Trafford, or vice versa? It doesn't work that way. You, the only ones that love you... Are your own? Well, most of them are your own. Pl- yeah. your own. Some of them don't love you <laughs> if you're having a bad time. So there's no, there's, there's no, there's no way for it. You know, like we, we were experienced players. Like I was 32, and Norman was 30. We were experienced players at that time, and you're getting this nonsense. You know, mm. you throw your medals in the bin or Eddie Gray and all No, because Eddie said to him, Eddie said, because Eddie had an injury. But Clough finished with an injury. He did, yeah. It basically yeah. went way before his time. Way before his time. Yeah. I think he was only 28, 20 in this. But Eddie said, you should know how I feel. Mm. You had to finish with it. This was nonsense stuff, though. We should have been saying, OK, we're here. Let's get down to training. Clean slate, new season. We're in the European Cup yeah. this year. Let's go to win it and, and forget about all that stuff in the past. I was only doing that because it was gene up and all that. Mm. We'd, we'd have been fine because we wanted to keep winning. Mm. Well, Thomas Tuchel was gone within 40 days with Chelsea this season. So Graham Potter's gone in now. Uh, started off with a draw, same as Thomas Tuchel's uh, management uh, career at Chelsea started as well. He's obviously trying to change things a little bit. He went four at the back, which was a little bit different. Yeah. And he had Aspilicueta in there alongside Thiago Silva. So he went with two veteran centre-backs. And 
look, didn't play brilliantly, but they got a result. They're going to have to probably do well against Milan over the two legs. It's going to take a while for Potter. He was never going to be able to get right for Salzburg within well, four or five look, days. There's no miracles in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All managers are different what they do. So he has to he has to make changes. Like and 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 all the in my experience in management, it takes a while to to know what are the right decisions you're making or who players. Like I was at West Brom when I went to West Brom. I played against those lads for ten years, and there was half and half of lads that I thought these are really good player mm. wasn't, and lads that I thought wasn't so good were really good. You only get to know that when you when you become familiar with the players. And in his case, he will have to make decisions now. We'll do this, we'll do that. And if he's really good, after four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, he'll have in his head what is the best, what are the best players and what is the best player to play. That's the way it works. And it'll be different to the, to the previous managers. It's a very unusual situation too that he comes into where I think it was a 280 million was spent to revamp this yeah. squad and Tuchel was the man who in theory was in charge although Todd Bowley seems to have had a lot of the um, decision yeah. making on it but you think of even Aubameyang who Tuchel really wanted and now he's number nine the Potter arrived at a time when basically he had no time to shape the squad himself he's playing with another man's squad right now well that happens when you go in as a new, 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 as a new man but the problem you see I think Tuchel is a highly strong guy mm. that didn't get on with the American guy right but it does happen. You see what happens in football. These guys are wealthy, wealthy, wealthy guys. And the most important thing in football as a manager, right, is you have a vision of what you want on the pitch. That's what you want. This is the way you want the team to play. Now, the only way you can do that is get the players in you want and get the players out that you don't want. Right. Now, I think to- did Tuchel, Tuchel sorry, didn't have that power to do that. I think this, if you look at what they've done, I think this American guy come in and there was, I think there was more that he wanted to sign Ronaldo. Mm. And Tuchel said no. Now, he's an immediate enemy to this powerful guy. His attitude is, I'm, I'm paying you. Right? You're, you're working for me and you're telling me you don't want this and you don't want that. Because that's what managers have to do. Now, if you look at the situation with Tuchel, apparently he was head coach. He wasn't manager. Potter's gone in as head coach. Now, that's very, very significant. I haven't seen much in the papers about it. Because when, you, when you're a head coach, it means I get the players. You coach them. And you coach them. Mm. Right? Now, this is deadly. It's 90% of the job in management, in my opinion. Every manager has a vision. This is where we're going to play. And to be able to play that way, you have to get the players in you want. So if somebody else says, no, I'm getting you that. You say, well, I don't want that. That's not, that's not the vision I have of it. But these guys are powerful guys. Look, don't start giving me problems. I'm paying you and I own the club. And I think that's what happened to Tuchel. I think Tuchel was a highly strung guy. Mm. And I think from the time these guys came in, he was up against it. There's also an argument made as well, John, that if you've got Graham Potter, where this is a dream job and it's a big step up for him, mm. like he's gone from Ostersunds not that long ago in Sweden to now managing Chelsea, which is a huge jump in a short period yeah. of time, compared to Tuchel, who is a coach who's been at PSG, who's been at yeah. Dortmund, who's won a Champions yes. League. Yes, but sorry, he, I've got to interrupt you there, Will. Yeah. This wasn't the setup when he came in. Yeah. This is a totally different setup because yeah. Bramovich is gone. So he's walked into, I think, have you go back in time, and this was the situation at Chelsea. He would have said, forget me, mm. I'm, not ta- I'm not taking that. Now, you're right about Potter. Potter seems a good lad. He's done a great job uh, at Brighton. He's done a really great job. But he might be looking at it. I'm not going to get the power, but I'm going to get 20 million. Yeah. By the time. And I can understand that. Uh, and it's a dream I mean, job. It's you his get, job. You get to manage you know the teams coming to the Champions but League. But he'll have a difficult time because he's gone in as head coach. Right? And he's relatively new to the game. and He's done a really big job. So I can't see this American guy and, and the couple, of, but the American guy particularly, I'd say he'd be could be in his head. Potter would be ideal for him. Mm. He's a new guy. We can do this. We can do that. We can do that. And I don't think Potter will be in a position to say no to that. Actually, when I was talk- I think I spoke to it with uh, Nathan, week, Nathan last week. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a bit of a discussion saying. It, to be honest, if if I, and this sounds ridiculous, I think, but if, if I was advising Potter. I'd say, don't take it. Wait till you get a job that you know where they really want you and you're in charge. Now, a lot of people say, and I can understand it, but he's going to earn 20 million. Whether he does a good job or not, 
So I can understand that, but it, it could break his heart as well. There's always that one risk as well. It could be seen as his one shot at the big time. Say if this doesn't work. Look at how David Moyes has had to rebuild after Manchester uh, United. You know, you might never get that big job again. Again, that's why I would, I would, I would, I would, for what it's worth, I would advise him don't take it. Mm. You get a lesser job, but you have control of what you do. This is a big job, but if this doesn't work and you're sacked, you're not going to get such a great job after that. So it's it's now a lot of people. He's going to get twenty million. Like he's probably signed a two or three year contract. I would imagine that that's what we 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 think he would do. Mm-hmm. And it, and a lot of managers see go into in that position thinking I can change it. Two. I can do it. Now I've come across that you know, doing that, and I've never seen a change. Mm. I've never seen a change. Tuchel didn't want Cristiano because he was worried that Cristiano wouldn't press and had to be part of the system. Haaland is really the opposite of Man City's system. But when he does what he did last night, like that remarkable Johan Cruyff-style goal, the athleticism to be able to get his foot up that high and to be able to finish in a way that so few players would actually be able to do. Maybe Zlatan is about one of the only players that could actually do that finish oh, yeah, last he's, night. He's fantastic. He's incredible. Yeah, but he's only 22. Mm. You see, Ronaldo's 36. Right, now when that, Ronaldo was 22, they would have put up with him. Every club in the world would have wanted Cristiano Ronaldo Because yeah. he never pressed. Mm. Ronaldo never pressed. I remember Ronaldo first going into Manchester United team. I think he was playing the right wing or the left wing. And I thought he was a lazy so-and-so. I didn't see the Ronaldo that he became, that you live with him. Mm. You know, I thought, well, he should be getting back the same as everybody else. But Ferguson did that. Ferguson allowed him to do what he wants to do. And, and, and he's still doing it now. You know, like he's still 36, 37. But he, but he never pressed. But then again, if he's doing certain things, like Haaland, Haaland doesn't press. We scored 12 goals, so you live with that. Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Or you go back to Jimmy Greaves in my time, and a lot of people listening to us now never, never saw Jimmy Greaves. Jimmy Greaves was a genius. But Jimmy Greaves wouldn't know what pressing was. But you'd live with him. You know, he played in a great team at Spurs with Dave Mackay, who was one of the greatest players ever, Scottish lad, Danny Blanchflard, and uh, Cliff Jones, terrific team. Right? And, and I played against him. I don't remember Dave McKay, who was a, a gore, mm. getting on any time. Jimmy, you're not running back. Never. Because I presume Dave McKay and the other players would do the running for Jimmy Greaves because of what Greaves can do. As long as Greaves was doing what he did, you live with him. Mm. You know, when I played, I, I, I used to, man, to try and demand it and say, Joe Jordan, that they'd get back, get in that, that, that. You know what I mean? But if I was playing with Jimmy Greaves... I wouldn't say anything to Jimmy Greaves because mm. he's going to score like 40 goals a year. I mean, his goal scoring was un- and he was a genius. He was brilliant, you know. But he's not going to he's not going to chase for you. But there's certain players you can live with, you know, like Ronaldo. You could live with, right? Uh, our genius at Barcelona, Messi, mm-hmm. and he he does his fair share, but he, he doesn't go around tackling. Nah, even even watching them last night, John, they were they were away to Maccabi Haifa where they'd be expected to win. Mbappe, Neymar and Messi did no running for their team whatsoever. The three of them just stood up at the top of the pitch. They all scored though. Yeah, You live with those guys. They're, they're geniuses, do you know what I mean? Uh, I didn't see that in Ronaldo. I thought he was a lazy guy when he was playing for Manchester United. First, wasn't running back in that. And then obviously when he went through his career, so you live with that guy. But uh, like Greaves was, was the one. Dennis Law was, but Dennis was more aggressive. Dennis was, Law and, and Greaves were the great players in my day. Mm. But they were totally different. And, and that's the amazing thing with football. They can be six great players, all different. Like Jimmy Greaves, it was different to uh, Harling. Now, Harling is different to Messi. Harland is so unusual as well, John. To have a guy that's so physically imposing, like at a young age as well, like he's really stocky and well-built. Yeah. But he's got that yard of pace as well. And he's so clever with his positioning too. Like, I think for Man City, this is what they have been lacking in the number nine position. We saw some games well, in Europe since, where... Since Aguero went. Yeah, they, Aguero, they went out where they had no strike. Aguero never killed himself chasing around. Mm. He just scored goals as the same football. <laughs> I mean, what does he do? I don't, he just scores goals. And, 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 and Harland's the same. He's amazing because he's six foot five, I think, mm. right? And he's the balance of a little fella. That's most unusual because lads of that size are usually a bit awkward and don't turn very well. He's he's like he, he can turn like Messi can. That's how he scores so many goals, and he has the, he has the, the physique. Like last night when he scored the goal, I mean he's up there near the ceiling, you know, and he can do it. But he's he's not going to press. No, 
Damien Delaney said to us last weekend that he would have hated to try and mark Erling Haaland because it's difficult to know as a defender what to do with him because if you try and go touch tight he's got the pace to ghost him behind you you leave a yard he'll out muscle you well they say that about great players right? they, they, all great players whether it be midfield mostly midfielders especially attackers they give you two choices a bad one and a terrible one and, and that's what you, that's all you can do about them do you know what I mean? Mm. Like Law was great. Law was dynamic. He was the most dynamic player I ever played against. Typically different to Jimmy Greaves. Very aggressive, Dennis. But any balls flying across the box, Dennis would get it. He was unbelievably quick and, and aggressive. Dennis was aggressive, but good. Good spirit and brave and, and that, you know. So they were like in my day, they would have been two of the best. Uh, Law and, and but they're all different. Mm. I mean, you get Ronaldo now. Ronaldo's totally different to, to Messi. But they're great players. Hold that thought, because I want to ask you about another great player in Luka Modric when we come back, who was uh, fantastic for Real Madrid over the first two weeks in the Champions League. You are uh, listening to the football show here on Off the Ball, and Football on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place this season across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sport. We'll be back in a moment. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Just put my football analyst hat on They don't have as much ability to switch things around like Arsenal do with Niedema, Blacksenius They can try different formations Don't think United might have that They don't have the personnel to do that Subscribe to the OTV Koyig pod on the OTV Sports app now Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Welcome back to the football show We are in the company of the great John Giles John I was going to ask you about Luka Modric And then you told me during the break You played against Alfredo Di Stefano Which I was wondering if your careers would have actually overlapped Well just about Just about I was playing for Manchester United at the time mm. So I got into Manchester United team when I was about 18, 19. And they had played in, against Real Madrid in the European Cup and were beaten in the semi-final. Hmm. So there was a thing between the two clubs uh, that they, they played friendly matches. You played in Madrid one year and you played at Old Trafford another year. I think Real Madrid were very good to them after the Munich disaster as well, weren't they? Like Real Madrid were like the team in Europe. Oh, at the time. They won the yeah. European Cup five years on the bounce. Yeah. The first five cups. So the, the club had a, a good relationship. So uh, we played we played at Old Trafford with Puskas, Di Stefano, Hento, left winger. These were great players. Mm. You take funny enough, we beat them at Old Trafford. Well, we beat them in Madrid. Now they were friendly matches, but these were great. The great players of of their day. You know what I mean? Fantastic. Puskas was unbelievable. Like he left footer. He was a left footer. You know, and you know these one of these guys has a shot like nobody else yeah. getting on his left foot and he was a shot it was, small, it was quite stocky he's a stocky lad yeah, yeah. yeah but he was quick as light and his control was great because he was a, he, he started with Hungary you see mm. against England when they won the first defeat and I think he scored a couple that day and then the uprising in Hungary he left and he played he played in, 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 in Madrid for a few years but he was playing Di Stefano was an Argentinian these were great players and, and the left winger was a Spanish these were Pento, yeah, yeah. great players I was lucky to, I was only the kid well I was only I think I was 19 at the time to, to be able to play against them obviously when I was a kid I was idolising these guys it was one of the most enjoyable times I had in football was playing against people that I'd only read about and saw very usual you know at, at times mm. to be playing against them you know what a remarkable team though like, I've only ever seen footage of them particularly the Glasgow final the one where they beat Frankfurt and really just brushed them aside oh, yeah. they, they scored three I think did he yeah. score and, and the Seeds of scored three yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a game Alex Ferguson always says he almost fell yeah. in love with it football was Hamden, wasn't Hamden. Yeah. Yeah. so he yeah. went along as a, young, as a young man watched the game and yeah. just was dazzled by this team in white shirts just brushing yeah. the team aside yeah it was, they were incredible incredible players and it was as you say when, you, when I'm playing against them it, 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 it's something I dreamed about watching them Mm. You know, it wasn't one the, 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 when I was a professional footballer. Nicest times to be able to play against uh, these guys. You know, they, they were still playing at, at that stage. Yeah, I'd say the magic was a bit different as well, John. When you consider compared to now, where everything's on TV and you watch teams all the time, 
when Europe came around back then, there was a real kind of magistry and mystery about it all that oh. you wouldn't have seen this team. Oh, no, no. Well, the, 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 the European competition only came in in, in the 50s. Early. Mid-50s, yeah. Mid-50s. Yeah. And that started, apparently, with Wolverhampton. Mm. Wolverhampton were a great team at that time. And they used to play the top teams under the lights because most teams didn't have lights. Old Trafford didn't have lights. Used to play in, 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 in uh, Europe at Main Road. Uh, but Spurs were the first to have, sorry, Wolves were the first to have lights. So they obviously got Real Madrid over and on. And they used to beat them. Mm. So then the supporters, the, sorry, the Wolves supporters said, Champions of Europe. So then some bright spark said, well, we'll have a competition. Let's prove it, yeah. Yeah, that's how it started in, 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 in the 50s. But you had to win the league that time to play in the, that was the only uh, uh, champ- Champions League at that time. Mm. Our league competition was that competition. We had to win it. And then they, they then what the FA did in England didn't like it. They they asked the teams not to play in it because Chelsea were the first one to win the league to play in it, and they didn't play in it. Then United won the league and played in it because they didn't want any competition. Mm. But that was that was the old days. But Wolves were a great team at that time. But one of, one of the most pleasurable times I had was playing against. I remember there was a lad called Jimmy Schooler. He was a great Scottish player. Played for he played for Portsmouth when they were one, playing against for Newcastle. Bobby Mitchell, sorry, Newcastle won the cup three times in five years, and I was very lucky. Most of the, some of these lads were still playing mm. when I was playing for Manchester. So you know, Bobby Mitchell and and and, and these great players, Jackie Middlebourne wasn't playing, uh, but that was one of the great thrills that I, I had when it was, you're actually playing against these guys that you idolise from a, from a big distance because most times the, the only time I'd seen them play was when they used to come to Dublin play, friend against. play an exhibition match yeah, yeah. they got more money for that than they did for the whole season in England because they were on the maximum wage and, and those days they're probably on about 15 quid a week you know because Stanley Matthews used to come over and play on a lot mm. and it was a time of rationing as well they could bring a load of stuff back on the boat. Amazing days. That's 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 the way it was compared to, to today. Compared to going to the Middle East and going to Australia and the US yeah, for your yeah. season tour, they love coming to Dublin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, the roundabout way I wanted to ask you about um, Luke Modric because it was watching him against Celtic the week before, and I, I know you're a, a Modric fan anyway oh, yeah. with the way he plays the game. Yeah, but it's amazing you talk about the age and pressing and so on. Modric never again, never really pressed. He was always the the schemer, as you said at the start yes. of the show. Yes, um, it's remarkable how he can still do his thing so well now. Like against Celtic, when that game broke down a bit in the second half, yeah. Modric knew exactly where to be yeah, yeah. all the time. Well, you see, he's a midfield player, right? Uh, like what they ask in recent times is the forwards to be pressing. Like in my day, he used to press a bit, but not not so much as in recent for, for the last to do in recent time. But midfield players are a breed apart in terms of one, one of the, the, the what makes Modric great would make him great is his positional sense. You hear people talking about positional sense. I mean, you look at a football pitch. There's 22 players looking for space, right? Because people say that football is a simple game. You know? Football's not a simple game. Actually. It's quite a complicated game. There's a certain amount of space. You're a midfield player. You have to make that space. People are trying to stop you in that space. There's only one ball on the pitch. So when you see Modric, if you, if what, what, what most people do, people follow the ball on the pitch, which is what we, sh- what we should be doing. But nobody follows Modric just to see how does he get into that space. It doesn't happen by accident, right? It's it's a, it's a, it's a, if, if a gift he has. You know, if the ball's out in the right wing, he can't get it. But where is it going to go? Right? So most times he'd be in this position where it's going to go. And it looks easy. Plenty of time, plenty of space. You can have a look up. And you find with players like Modric as well, after the first touch of the ball, they've got a lot more space than they had before they touched the ball. Now, when you get a bad midfielder and he touches the ball, he's less space than he had before. There's always people around him. and, and they're Great players like Modric, they're looking up. Mm. where am I going to pass it that doesn't happen by accident so no matter how old he is all he's got to do is keep his body in good condition because the more he plays the better he's going to get mm. every match you play 
you should do, well, every much most people do with great players play, they learn from it. Right? So the more he plays, and you never stop learning, right? So the more he plays, the better he's going to become. All he's got to do is keep his fitness. And he's a fit lad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And yeah, like he's, he, he's never in the most physically imposing. So therefore, he doesn't have to worry about that physical side to no, his game. No. But he can execute, John. Like you think back to last year, remember that ball he played against Chelsea over the top for Rodrigo at the outside of the boot? Mm. It's just, he, like he's a beautiful passer of the ball yeah. too. But that never goes. See, with, with great players like Modric, he, he can pass the ball as long as he can run around. Because if you get older, you lose your fitness and you lose that. But he's obviously looked after himself. And what, 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 with Modric, what you find, the more he plays, he never stops learning. Right? So he plays 100 matches, say. Right? He learned an awful lot more by 200 matches mm. or 300 matches. And that's how he lasts, because he'll do less running. When he'd started first, he'd be running around right? and taking up a lot of energy. Right? But he'd learn, no, you don't go there, I say here, I go there and here. So by the time he gets, say, to 32, 33, 34, doesn't waste a step. Doesn't waste a step. The head gets better. Great players. There, there, there's Messi. Modric is a real one of the set, one of the best in recent in recent times. You know, they just make it look easy. Control the ball. See, first instance, the ball is everything. Let's talk of ball control. You know, when you get a ball, in Modric's case, he gets the ball and it's his first touch. Say he's got two yards space when he's touched the ball once he's got four yard space then it gets it gets better because he takes it this way and he takes it that way and then that's that's what happens you see a poor player never gets never gets any better touch ball only has to go away that far from you and you're in trouble Morris touches the ball it's stuck stuck to his feet it's not worthwhile anybody trying to tackle him because mm-hmm. he can just skip Quite it spaces, he'll get round just get round you get, it's good to go past him so yeah, when, you, when you're in the manager's case, your control gives you respect. So nobody can be diving in at you. Or if they do dive in, they're going to beat them. So the best they can do is let you have it. It's a good choice. That's, <laughs> the choice they have is, is a bad one and a terrible one. I think the that's, choice is to stop the ball trying to get to him. That has to be yeah, the key. Because once he has it, you're in trouble. Yeah. But that's that's but these are great players. Modric, I'm trying to think of some Pirlo. Mm. That's uh, uh, sorry, Xavi. I think probably yeah, as well. There's, there's been not many of them over the period of time, but the, you can see in and they're playing. See, Pirlo played. He was 38, 39. Mm. How old is Modric now? He's 37 this year. Yeah, he played another couple of years. I think there's another contract in him. They wondered last year, and then he wins yeah. his fifth European it's, Cup. It's just injuries after that. You know, you, you can get a bad injury. You can get, you can, but but he's got the thirty-seven with a chance of forty. Yeah, mm. very good chance to win the European yeah. Cup as well. Great. Fifty years since Leeds won the FA Cup. You were part of the United team in '63 as well. Went to, to an FA Cup final. Yeah. yeah. Did you meet the Queen on both occasions or either occasion? We're definitely in '63. Yeah, definitely one of our first FA Cup finals. I'd yeah, say as well. definitely in '63. I think she. I think we. When you say meet, are you? Shake the hand and move on. Catch a medal. You're more interested. You're more interested in the medal than the queen, to be quite honest. But I think she was there in in in, seventy two as well. I think she was. But we we wouldn't be that interested in in the queen. You know, you you won the cup and you're getting your medal, and that's it. That's the main thing. Doesn't matter who hands you the medal, really. It's getting Hmm? the medal. It's getting the medal rather than who hands you the medal, really. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. What's the last week been like, though? I mean, obviously, it's had a, an effect on football, which we were talking about earlier on, but w- you've been in England a bit over the last... Well, what's the last I've been, week? I went to England it? when I was 15. Um, I, think, I, think, I think with the Brits, when they're doing something like that, they do it well, mm. really well. They've got the history behind them. And, you know, but what I've watched on, on, on the telly when the people are there, I just see them as ordinary English people that believe... that's. It's not our background. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like we 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 we, ne- we were never Brits, but I've lived in Britain for most most of my life. I was in Manchester. I found them brilliant. I'm mean, in Manchester. I was in Leeds. I was in Birmingham, and ordinary English people, brilliant, brilliant. And and I see them on the telly. The people going to to the they're queuing for it's hard, it's incredible hours and hours. Yeah. You know? And these are not. These are very sensible people who 
love the Queen and love what she stands for. And I, I, I can understand it. I mean, I lived there long enough. Uh, to be like I found it, people in Manchester terrific and Leeds and, and no problem. I never, I never had any uh, bad situations because I was Irish. Mm. I mean, none, none whatsoever. And I went to I went to Birmingham at the time of the Troubles. I was just thinking, yeah, I mean, that's the thing in the middle of that in Birmingham, everything that happened within Birmingham oh, itself, it could naturally have went a different way. Oh, yeah. And I was I was I went to West Brom as player manager and I got nothing bad from it, nothing. And when I was gone, I was expecting something. You know what I mean? The Irish sounds or whatever it might be. I didn't get anything from it. Anything from it, and I, I'm obviously I was a footballer, so I wasn't involved yeah. in, the, in the in in the troubles in that way. Uh, but going back over the years, like I remember Jackie Carey, who was a great Irish player, going to Manchester when Irish need not apply, right? And I think the footballers did an awful lot of good, along with the entertainers mm. over the years. Like Jackie Carey went to Manchester. And he captained the team in 1948. So he must have gone to Manchester around 1945, 46, 47. Captain Manchester United won the hero in Manchester. And that Peter Farrell and Tommy Egan played at Everton at Liverpool. There was always a few Irish players. And they were heroes in these places. And then you had the, 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 the entertainment guys going, you know. And that showed everybody. Like the lads that played football at that time was great for our country here. Because mm. he said, well, Jackie Carey's captain of Manchester United, hero, right? The Irish can't be, can't that, be that bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you were living, you were, I was in digs, you're living with ordinary English people. I found them no, no trouble at all. Yeah, it's a very complex relationship. I know like I have um, relations who went over and um, mm. would have went to Manchester, say, in the 60s and 70s and there was just such big Irish communities within there and probably yeah, would yeah. have found the same in Birmingham as well. And yes. then slowly but surely, their kids then get integrated in. They Definitely. become United or City fans or Stockport fans yeah. and... Well, I think we all realise we're all human, you know. It's, it's, they're not all going to be bombing, bombing the place up, or we, we can we can live together and all that. So I've I've, I've been I went in 1956, so a long time in in, in uh, when I went to Manchester. But I must say I had no trouble whatsoever. Mm. My father wanted me to work in a factory to learn a trade, which was never going to happen. So I was I was working with ordinary Manchester lads. And it was a strange situation. I just, I was obviously working with them. I couldn't understand the word they said. They understand. I had my broad Dublin accent. <laughs> they, could, they couldn't understand the word. And I was thinking, how am I going to get on in this place? But obviously they got used to my accent. I worked there for a year. They were brilliant. Brilliant. What you really need to do is find um, Dermot Gallagher. The f- I don't know if you've heard his Dublin accent yet, have you? Do you probably, do you see him on TV from time to time? I remember he was a referee in the 90s and 2000s. He has an Irish accent and an English accent. He was what, sorry? Well, so he's got an Irish accent and an English accent. So he goes to the Republic of Ireland games quite a bit. He's a, like he's a regular, grew up in... Not Springs a singer or anything? No, 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 no. He's, he was a referee. Oh, um, referee, all oh, right. Yeah, so you yeah. might see him on Sky Sports sometimes, time breaking it down. And yeah, yeah. He's got this lovely kind of Midlands, slightly posh accent that he uses on the TV. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got a broad inner city Dublin accent when he when talks it, to Irish when people. It suits him. And the thing is, when he talks to Irish people, it gets amplified as well. I had the listeners a few years ago couldn't believe it. Dermot Gallagher was on. And mm. next thing you're thinking, they're watching the YouTube video going, who's this? That's not Dermot Gallagher from the TV. But what happened was, when he started to work in the TV, he was encouraged by people to just kind of tone down the Dublin accent ever so slightly. Go along with it. He's got yeah. a TV voice now as well. You know we've got the best researchers possible on this show. They've just told me that you were third up to get your medal from the Queen. Bremner was up first, Jack Charlton was second, and you were third in 1972. I don't remember that. So there you go. I was more, I was more interested. I was more interested in the medal. But uh, uh, it was, it was good. There was Centenary Cup final. Mm. Fifty years this year, actually, since the, the Leeds the Leeds Cup final. Who knows? Maybe that's, Leeds, how, that's how quickly it goes. Maybe Leeds can have a good season and get back in contention. Well, Tars and all, though, isn't fingers it? crossed. Yeah. Um, want to ask you about Ireland as well? We'll be talking about to Jim Crawford in a few minutes' time here in his uh, piece from earlier on. Um, the good news from Ireland: you, you're looking to go along to to the game against Scotland, or do you have an invite to go along? You were telling. I'm going on the twenty twenty seventh mm. of this month. Actually, it's a, it's a it's sort of a celebration. Uh, Alan Byrne is the doctor, and I've known Alan Bourne since he was... You were known as dad, I'd say, as well, did you? Kid, he's great. He's a great yeah. lad. He's done a great job. He's a great, he's a great doctor. He's great for the... I know all the footballers love him. He's a, 
I, he treats me when I'm here. I was him and my father. His father grew up together in Norman Square. Right. And Johnny, Johnny was good, very good footballer. Played for Transport. And Alan was was only only a kid, uh, but he was always a great lad. And and uh, he's he's been terrific. I know the the players love him, and, and he loves football, and he loves being involved in football. And I think he's retiring from the. Yeah, so he's retiring I think, from the full time with the team. It's amazing, but so many different managers come back over. Oh, he's been a yeah. constant, really, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's been there a long time, and, he's, mm. and Al, Alan's the type of guy who would do his job, not involved in the football. You know, there he's patient. Yeah, he's, he's a great lad. I see him regularly. I'm going to the do. Actually, I think he organised a, 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 an invitation for me to, to go. I'm delighted to be gone uh, uh, this month. Yeah, it'd be great. Nice. It's been it's been terrific for them, and uh, he's he's I, I know the players are really really respect him. Does his job brilliantly. And fingers crossed, two good results against Scotland and Armenia would be a great way to send them off into. I think it's semi-retirement for football, is what they're saying about Alan Byrne. But he won't be full time with the senior he's, team. He's got his other practice in that. Of course, he's yeah. doing. You know what I mean? But it's just from the football. He's so busy. You know, he's so busy. Like, he loves the football, but I think he has to count count uh, tone it down a bit. You know. Big news with the squad. Robbie Brady's back in. He's been playing a lot of press and playing yeah, left wing yeah, back. Yeah. Um, good to see him back to form. Good to see him injury free and back in the squad again. Well, he had a lot of injuries, I think. And I, I could, like as you know, as a professional football, injuries are nightmare, nightmare. You, you, you can't play, and then it's hard to get back. And so, wish him luck. Mm. Wish him luck. What are you expecting out of the two games, John, before we finish up Scotland and Armenia? I, I know that um, Stephen Kenny said he wants to get two wins to try and finish up as high as possible. Yeah. A performance like the Scotland game at home is probably what they'd be hoping for. That was really good at the Evita back Yeah, I, I, I think Stephen is well into the into it now. I think he knows his best players. It uh, takes a, a bit of time at international level because you're not like a, a club football. So he had some recent results have been really, really top-notch. So fingers crossed now that can that can continue. John, enjoy the game in Glasgow in a couple of weeks. Um, my, it was my pleasure to have you in, in studio again. Great to chat to you as always. No, very, you're very good. You're very good, Will. I, pre- I enjoyed it. It was good. Football on Off the Ball. With well, Sky. You, you that really Watch well. every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.